Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Bro, it is Monday morning. I can tell. Today, well, the day that we record this, mm-hmm. today's the college championship. Who the cares? Football, I care. I know, I'm just a joke. I cares, yes. Alabama. I'm torn. I'm torn though. Alabama Tulane. Alabama Tulane. Who's playing? UMass. TCU. UMass and. Come on, John. Come on, John. It is TCU. Never heard of them. Yeah, the Christian kids from Texas. Cool. And the Bulldogs from the University of Georgia. Yeah, the 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 national champions. They're trying to repeat back to back years. Stetson Bennett. With Stetson Bennett. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And NFL football, so the NFL season just concluded this weekend. Shout out Trevor Lawrence. Shout out to the Jaguars. I didn't make it to the game. No one ever reached out to me and said, hey, Dio, we got tickets for you. I know. I thought you. somebody would. Bro, in Ticketmaster, tickets were $400 for a clip. What? Well, Not a, no. For decent seats. For lower bowl seats. And for our Jags game? For a Jags Fuck game. Out of here. For a Jags game. I was going to take my son. I was like, not for a grand. Plus, I had to be up the next morning because... My daughter is celebrating her birthday with her friends, so my wife and I drove 10 15-year-olds to Park Avenue, which for y'all that don't know Winter Park, Florida, nice just place. know that Park Ave's the jam. Yeah. Park Ave is what makes Winter Park Winter Park. Yeah. So my daughter and her friends want to be all bougie. They want to go down there for brunch. Lululemon? Well, there's a line outside of the Lululemon Yo, store. The f- I- By the way, I was re-gifted a pair of Lululemon shorts. Trash. Love them. Oh no, you, absolutely no, you love don't. them. No, yep. you don't. I'm I'm a I'm all in on Lulu. I'm all in. But, Get away from me. But my my Sunday morning was was carpooling these girls down there. Of course, we we weren't allowed to sit with them. So my wife and I had to sit at the bar, and we had by the way a phenomenal brunch at this place called Boca. And then the girls weren't just done. So they had to go shopping. Then they had to do their like photo shoot, mm-hmm. which by the way, photo shoot, we did not pay for a professional photographer. They have their iPhones. Mm-hmm. They want to put it on TikTok and Instagram and all those Whatever. Snapchats. Yeah. Yep. So like, uh, but I never told you all of this. And it's probably because we had Kat on as a guest last Shout episode. Shout out Kat. Kat was awesome, by awesome. the way. Her company, Lone Sense, mm-hmm. like we did the episode on a Friday going, in, going into the weekend. And I was like the whole weekend on and off thinking about, her company, how many people they could serve, how mm-hmm. we as mortgage professionals or financial professionals could lean hard into what they're doing. So I look forward to that relationship and I'm grateful to the podcast for helping us grow it. Mm-hmm. But um, what I didn't tell you all is it finally happened. It fi- After three years of being a cyclist, I almost said avid. I'm not an avid cyclist. I'm a cyclist because that's what you have to do if you're training for triathlons. Mm-hmm. Ran into a truck. Yeah, you hit a car, Dustin. The car. Or it hit me. It was at an intersection. And I thought I had the right of way. He thought he had the right of way. Did y'all Maybe make eye contact? Wrong. Did you make eye contact through like you guys looked John, at each other? John, he ran over my bike and caused hundreds of dollars worth of damage. I hit his truck and Bro, fell if over. If you knew what the hell you were doing because you live in Florida and we see law attorneys every day on the freeway, you should have crumpled up under that car. And then we could have got a nice little settlement. But no, you had to get up with integrity and be like, no. I'm fine. Yeah. Don't what, worry about what, it. What do you think? Someone like uh, John Morgan or Dan Shit. Newland would, would and he, take would, your pick, bro. Would throw my picture on a big I billboard. I could look outside. Of outri- I could look at outside right now at a bus and say, "Take your pick. Who do you want?" Now you know what. Here's what happened. He jumped out. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm fine." I was rocking one of my old UCF sweatshirts because it was cold that morning, and we mm-hmm. were on a bike doing 20 miles an hour. It gets chilly a little bit. So I was like a little bit bundled up for this ride. 
And um, although all of that extra weight slows you down, makes it harder to go fast. But nonetheless, I notice he's wearing UCF. I'm like, all right, well, oh, we're, we're kind God. of boys like that. And I understand it's an intersection. And maybe he rolled through the stop sign. And maybe I rolled through my stop sign. Maybe I jammed on the brakes, but I was going too fast through an intersection to actually stop my bike on a dime. And I said, I'm good. You're good. I almost said, but let me throw my MF and bike in the back of your truck and you can drive me home because I was a solid five miles from my house. But I knew my wife was still at the house, called her. Um, she came and picked me did up. You get, did she yell at you? No. She, did she worry? Like, are you okay? Oh my God. Yeah, she goes, are you okay? So I'm totally fine. Like she knows my wife bikes the same trail that, okay. I, that yeah, I bike. Yeah. And um, like she knows what it's like. And I go, yeah, look, I, I, I know the stop sign. I know I didn't stop fully. He didn't stop fully. But it was the guy in the other truck that I really am a fan of. <laughs> this dude was pissed. This dude was like, I got it all on tape. I got it on dash cam. Did that guy just, I'm like, look, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm like, going to see that. Besides like some gouges in my left hand, like, like I was fully clothed, wearing a helmet. That guy's going to sell that footage, and I'm going to see you on the Chive TV at a bar like two years from now, and it's going to be like, look at this idiot who had a fucking car. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be phenomenal. So, but we're not here today to talk about we're not, bikes. No, no, we're going to jump into a couple of things, though. For those of you all that are tuned in on, on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. If you're not tuned in on YouTube, do us a favor. Go there. Go there. Just subscribe. Literally, even if you're not subscribed to any other YouTube channel. Just do it. Yes, it's my way. It excites me to watch those subscribers <laughs> increase yeah, yeah. from 12.2 to 12.3. Oh, I you noticed it. Yeah, I wow. really want to. Yeah, let's get 20 this year. I'm trying. Let's get to 20,000 subscribers in 2023. Mm -hmm. But I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Incelerate. Incelerate. Yeah, Incelerate. Meg probably, Meg Bennett. Um, but I got a really cool gift in the mail with a handwritten thank you note. And it's actually what is being featured today mm -hmm. as our table centerpiece. Yes. Yeah. You didn't like it because it didn't come with a cold beer inside. I mean. So look, if you want to step up your game, friends over at Incelerate. Sculpin IPA grapefruit, please. That's what John would have appreciated inside <laughs> of this pretty fancy koozie you sent over. Yeah, koozie's legit. Yeah, I'm appreciative of any gift mm -hmm. I received, John. Yes. So therefore, shout out. To accelerate. If you don't know who they are, check them out. They are a friend of the show. Okay. They, you know, what else people can check out before we really, really, really get started mm -hmm. is they can check out the freaking website. Yeah. Tloponline.com. And please do not go to the loanofficerpodcast.com or tloponline.com just because you want some amazing free content. Oh, I was about to say. Just because you want links to some of the best resources in our industry just because you want access to worksheets and trackers and guides. No, go there because you want to see where TLOP's going to be next. Mm. That's what's new. Toasty. Like new year, new us, John. Yeah. I was thinking about this driving in this morning. I'm like, wait a minute. And a little bit gave me anxiety. Oh, there right? we go. In order, mm -hmm. things we have to prep for. Mm -hmm. Next week, mm -hmm. you and I are speaking to members of the Mortgage Bankers Association about podcasting. Mm -hmm. Literally, how do we utilize podcasting to better educate, whether it's internal or external? Are you ready for that? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. All right. And then right after that, I get to fly to Fort Worth, Texas. Pew, 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 pew. Looking forward to stockyards, looking forward to doing some two-stepping and some swing dancing. Mm -hmm. But the conference starts Sunday night, runs through Wednesday. It's a private event for Waterstone Mortgage. It's loan officers or it's future loan officers. Like we have 
our LOs from literally Washington State to Key West and everywhere in between, plus select VIPs are coming in who are maybe pretty close to onboarding with Waterstone. And I'm teaching three breakout sessions there. One is how to use specific products to get your foot in the door with real estate offices. And two are on online networking, which you all may know as social media. One's for beginners and one's for people who are kind of like, no, I already have Facebook, I already have Instagram, but how do I like make sure I'm getting the most bang out of my time? So teaching those two things. Right after that, I believe we're speaking to a group of young professionals, alumnus at University of Central Florida. Mm -hmm. It's part of their adulting series. So we're gonna speak on homeownership, why homeownership is important for generating wealth. But here's where I'm getting really excited. Oh, two live events. Oh shit. We already have two live events booked. One is gonna be in Tampa, Florida. It is on January 31st from 8 a.m. till noon. 8 a.m. to 9 is gonna be registration. 9 a.m. to noon is gonna be the actual presentation, which is like an LO sales mastermind. I'm teaching. I'm bringing two TLOP faculty members over from Orlando to teach. It's a free event because we were able to get some sponsors to, sponsors to cover the cost of you know, the coffee and the bagels and the, and the danishes beforehand, the cost of the event. Um, so that is on our website. That is why you should go to tloponline.com or thelonehousepodcast.com because these events and links to them are there. So we're doing that on January 31st in Tampa, Florida. And then on February 8th, the Shit. Mortgage Bankers Association of Florida is putting on their very own Loan Officer Summit. It's held in Orlando, Florida, which is convenient for you and I. Mm -hmm. And we're one of the three presenters oh. of this event. It's gonna be me, it's gonna be Tim Davis, who's been on the show, mm -hmm. and it's going to be um, Doug Smith. Doug Smith's a 40-year veteran of the mortgage banking industry, and he is a nationally recognized speaker and presenter. So the three of us are gonna be speaking at that event. So if you wanna come see us, you want to come meet us, you want to come hang out, or you want to get some of this, but live, oh, shit. then we have two ways of doing it. One's going to be in Tampa on the 31st of January. One's going to be in Orlando on February 8th. Now, if that's too far out of your realm, don't worry. I had a conversation on Friday with Arch MI, the mortgage insurance company, and they asked if TLOP would be down to do some events for Arch. Get out. Yes. I'm like, hell yeah, we're down. So we're putting together already Atlanta and Birmingham. Mm. Don't know the dates yet, so you gotta stay tuned. You gotta keep on checking the website. Yeah. But I expect myself, you, and probably two other people from the faculty going to Atlanta, Georgia, and then the next day go to Birmingham, Alabama, or vice versa, depending on flights and hotels, and doing free events in both Birmingham and in Atlanta before the end of this quarter. That's so awesome. before March 31st of 2023. Damn. Yeah. Isn't that some cool the schedule's shit? getting booked up quick, ladies right? and gentlemen. Yeah, that doesn't even include, like, I'm probably going to head up to D.C. again like I did last mm -hmm. year for NBA, NBA's advocacy oh, yeah. conference. Then we're going to have the NBA National in October. I see Stephen Marshall's doing his event again, Mortgage Mastermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know if they're going to ask us to come back and speak and present. I think the people will request it. If the people request it, we will, yes. But if not, maybe you and I can still head out there and just be attendees this time. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, less work, more play. Yes. You like that, don't you? Less work, more play. It's my motto. Yeah, and we'll still hang out with the T-Loppers like oh, yeah, we did. Of course. I mean, that's how we met Courtney. It's yeah. how we met Lucy, right? Yeah. It's how we met, you know, the, the folks. Yeah, I mean, Danielle came out. Nicole came out. 
Oh, yeah, we could keep going, right? Yeah. yeah. But Shit. And yeah. it's only January 9th, so I'm looking forward Today is January 9th. By the time you release this, it'll be like... January, like, 11th. Something like that, right? Some shit. Okay. Alrighty, so today, shout out to Tim, right? And Tim, I told Tim I was going to do this. Tim's a T-lopper. Tim's been listening for the past year or so. He is currently a New York City firefighter. Okay. Yeah. F-D-N-Y. Okay. Yep. And um, he's contemplating a career change maybe after he retires. This will be a second career for him. And he had questions as he's working through the state of New York, which is one of the biggest pain in the rear end states to get licensed mm. in. That and probably California in terms of the timeline, what's required, getting a sponsorship. So he's just working through all of that. But along the way, his brain's starting to click. So Tim and I connected through the podcast and yeah, I gave him five, 10 minutes of my time, which you know, a lot of people, I'll do that. Just reach out to yeah. me. I'm on LinkedIn, first name, Dustin, last name, Owen. Shit happens. Uh, follow us on Instagram. That's a great way to connect with us. Like I just did with Brian via DMing. But um, you know, if it works into my schedule, I don't mind helping people. So Tim had two really good questions. He had three questions. Two I thought were really good. One was an easy answer, which was basically join Toastmasters was my answer to him. Mm-hmm. Or you can check out um, local comedy labs. Like we in Orlando have SAT Comedy Lab. Yeah, yeah. And actually my recommendation to him was join Toastmasters and see if there's like a SAT comedy club where you are that teaches and gives improv classes. Mm. These are the people who are maybe more introverts that have a hard time spitting game on a dime. Right. Right. Well, maybe take improv class. Myself and Barry Botwin had talked about doing it forever. COVID kind of got in the way. We were actually both signed up for a class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Barry's a, f- a fan of the show, been top producer in the market, been on, been on yeah. years ago. So thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Because you are going to be the inspiration of today's episode, which is basically going to be like, almost like live sales coaching for, for sales, sales professionals, yeah. right? He has two really good questions that I'm going to answer. You're going to read before we do, because we talked about Tim. I do want to let Tim know if he's tuning in, I did go to dkms.org and I did sign up. Dkms.org is a charity that is near and dear to Tim because it helped save his son's life. Okay. Uh, and what they do is they source donors throughout the world. It's actually a German organization. They source donors throughout the world who are willing to donate their blood and not just their blood, but their stem cells or sometimes even their bone marrow to help those with blood cancers. Mm. So I went online. I'm a man of my word. I told Tim I would do it. Um, they're sending a kit to my house. They're going to, sw- I'm going to swab the inside of my mouth. I'm going to send it off. And if I'm ever a match, then I'm going to donate some blood Ooh. or some marrow. They say 20% of the time you donate marrow. That worries me a little bit because you get that shit it back. hurts. Oh, I'm out. It hurts. It, like they, they put you under and put a big ass needle Yo, into your chill, hip. Yo, chill, bro. Just draw some. But 80% of the time, it's just drawing blood and then extracting mm-hmm. some of your stem cells from that blood. Okay. Yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. So shout out to Tim. And thank you to Tim because you're the inspiration of today's episode. Oh, shit. Am I about to read this? Yeah. God, remember, remember when you used to go around this class and you had to read out loud each kid out a paragraph and you always got to that kid who had a hard time? Don't worry. I'm not that kid, but I might be today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Sorry so, away, Tim. All right. So I'm read Tim. through read through John Coleman's James shit, Earl Jones I'm gonna, type voice. I am going to botch this shit. I am generally an accommodating personality. Wherever I throw, it looks supposed to be whenever, the typo. Whenever I throw out an idea out there, I almost always do it in that way that gives a person a way out as to not make them feel stressed. 
I don't like to impose on people. My question here is, how do I convey confidence and a directed desire to work with someone without coming across too strong? I would, you want me to read this whole thing? No, that's good. Okay. Is that a good stopping point? Yes, yeah, a good stopping point. Cool. The first thing I'm going to tell anyone who is in sales, first and foremost, is do you homie? Literally, it's what I tell my son who is 17, going to turn 18 in a couple months. Do you homie? You got to be you, right? Whatever you do in life, it's too hard trying to be other people or trying to be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. So be you. It doesn't mean that you don't work on you, right? It doesn't mean that you don't try to get 1% better per day. You don't try to move that needle one or two degrees because at the end of the day, nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you want better results, you're going to have to make changes. But at the same time, don't lose who you are. It makes it way too difficult. So if if what Tim is saying in, in there is he normally likes to sell and present in a manner where he's not pushy and he wants to give people an out, then I think he should do that, right? I think that should be now a part of his sales pitch and his sales presentation. So if I'm coaching Tim, I'm like, Tim, here's an example of what I would do if I had your personality. I would tell people, I need you to know this first, John. The first thing that's most important to me is that you receive the help or the advice that you seek. It won't always be working with me. It may be working with someone else. But my job is to make sure if it's not working with me, I can get you pointed in that right direction. And what I also need you to understand is I don't just work with anybody, right? There's a select type of clientele that I work really well with, and I'm building my entire business based on, A, does someone respect what I do for a living, and B, am I the right person to help them? So the first thing I want to do is spend five to 10 minutes with you, seeing if I'm the right person for you and if you're the right person for me. You good with that? Mm -hmm. And Tim, that would be my script. Now, by the way, embedded in there were a couple sales techniques that work. I had a takeaway in there. Right. I kind of had the I don't know if you're good enough for me in there. Right. When I stated to at this point, as I was uh, role playing with JC, but when I when I said to you, JC, something on the lines of I don't know if you're going to be a good fit for me. Right. That was a psychological dig at you, the consumer. What do you mean? I'm not good enough for you. I don't know. Right. But that would be a way for Tim to be a salesperson and also for Tim to be himself. What all did the paragraph keep on? Uh, what else did it state in there? Um, I think it was more of an example, of course, like where people. Well, let, yeah, let's let, keep let, reading the whole thing. Yeah, no, let's give the example to the audience and then let's talk about that example. Okay. Um, I was talking to someone in my firehouse who was looking for a condo. Since time is on his side, I've suggested a few ideas I've learned from Christy about looking at his credit. Shout out Credit Christy. Yeah, shout out Credit Christy. Christy about looking at his credit in order to improve his score if needed which will put him in a position to get the best product available. I told him, now that I'm learning all of this, I'd like to help people get the best loan product they can, regardless of whether they use me as their loan officer or not. Of course, I'd love to work with you on that, but regardless of who you use, you getting the best loan for you is all I care about. This statement is 100% true. At the end of the day, I want to make sure he gets the best product, but I'd also really like to work with him. How do I convey to him that I'd really like to work with him without discounting myself? Again, I don't want to cross to I don't want to come across too pushy. Beautiful. I have three really good thoughts there. Okay. Okay. The first thought is to Tim and anyone who's like Tim and in Tim's shoes, it sounds like to Tim it's going to be very important that he works for a lender that has a wide 
menu of products that they offer in-house because that's going to prevent Tim from referring business outside of his company, at which point takes money off of the, uh, takes money out of his pocketbook, takes food off his table. Mm -hmm. Okay. So any one of us, regardless of your industry, we are going to have things that people reach out to us for that we just don't do. Like as a mortgage banker, I don't do HELOCs. So I always referred them to Johnny Lanall at Regents Bank. Mm -hmm. I don't do commercial lending. So I've always referred that to Drew Bear at South State Bank, right? Those are things where I understand there's, I do this really well, which is called residential finance. I don't do HELOCs, which is more of a consumer loan through a bank. And, and I don't look to do commercial loans. I could do them, don't get me wrong, but I don't. But I do work for a lender that literally has a vast menu of products. It's like the menu you get at Cheesecake Factory, mm -hmm. which is which is sometimes daunting. Too much. Yes, but I know because I only do residential mortgages. So if someone referred is referred to me for a residential mortgage, I need to make sure I have all those products. So Tim, based on what he said there, like that's that's just a big telltale sign. It's gonna matter to him that he works somewhere that has that that selection of product. Um, something else that it's funny, he made a statement that isn't a question, but it's a great learning opportunity. So I want to take a moment to teach on this learning opportunity. He said that he was taking lessons that he's learning from following Christie Service or Credit Christie, as she's known in the industry and known on the on on TLOP, and he is sharing those lessons with his prospective client, which is someone he knows from his firehouse about bettering his situation. I love that. I love that. Our job is to be an educator. Our job is to be the subject matter expert. Our job is to lay out solutions. So the fact that he is helping someone better the situation means he's doing his job, but he's also building trust. When you build trust, you should then be the perfect person for them to use. Even if your rate is an eighth or a quarter percent higher than what they could find elsewhere, a rate a quarter or an eighth lower, but with the wrong professional could actually cost that individual thousands of dollars if they don't close at all or if they don't close on time. So people like Tim need, need to realize it's not about rate. It's about the service that you provide, it's about the education you give, the options you lay out. The consumer has to also realize that that's worth something. And that's something maybe an extra $22 a month for the 84 months they're actually going to have this mortgage for, right? Because that's actually a small price to pay to work with a true professional. And it's a small price to pay to ensure that you got the right loan and you closed on time. It's a small price to, play to, to, to pay to know that you had someone in your corner advocating your behalf, right? 22 bucks a month, hell, even 30 bucks a month. A few times that by 80 months, that's $2,400. $2,400 on a purchase that could be four to 600 grand. It's a very small premium to pay to have your loan process be done by the right person with the right integrity, with, with the, the right value and trust infused into the transaction. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that he's doing that, but here's my word of caution to Tim and everyone like Tim, you could spend six, eight, 12 weeks helping someone who already qualifies, by the way, for a home loan, make their qualification prettier, right? How do I take someone from A minus to A plus, from B plus to, to, to A minus? Well, if they do this, that, and the other thing to their situation, and we give it some time and their credit score goes from a 680 up to a 760, 
then they'll, they'll qualify for a better rate. They'll qualify for cheaper mortgage insurance. They may even qualify for a more, more of a house, like more expensive of a home, because maybe I can get a 49% DTI approved with a 760 credit score, but at a 680 credit score, I'm only getting a 45% DTI approved. Like all of that is kind of geeked out, but it's real life scenarios. But I need to caution you, Tim and everyone else who's like Tim, you're also dealing with a moving target. Do you know where interest rates are going to be in two days, two weeks, or 12 weeks? Do you know what the housing market is going to be like in two days, two months, 12 weeks? The answer is no, you don't. So just because you helped your buddy at the firehouse take, get his credit score from a 680 to a 740, and it took nine weeks, what if in those nine weeks, the best possible interest rate is now higher than the interest rate he qualified for 12 weeks ago or nine weeks ago. Oh, you probably didn't think about that. Many of us don't. What if the home that he was looking to buy in nine or 12 weeks is now selling at market value and not two or 3% off market value? Oh, what does that mean? Well, if that home was 300 grand and he could have got it for two and a half percent off of market value, that means he could have got that home for roughly $7,500 cheaper. Well, but I helped him get his credit score up. So now his interest rate is better. But I'm like, is his interest rate really better? And he's paying $7,500 more for the house. So we can sometimes overcomplicate it with our big brains. We can overcomplicate it. We think we're helping, but we're really hurting. So my caution and my advice to that, when he made that comment, of I'm teaching him things he has to do to better his situation, my first question to Tim would be, what well, does he qualify? Because if he qualifies today, is there really a benefit to waiting? Is there a benefit to getting his score up? Or do you help him buy today if buying today makes sense for his financial situation? And as he improves his, his, his situation, meaning his credit, maybe paying down debt, maybe lowering his DTI, what have you, do you then look to refi him next year? Hmm. That may have been the better, the better bet. So these are some things when I'm, when you read to me, what Tim wrote to us, these are some things that, that stand out to me. Question for you. Yes. Is that difficult to like maintain the ideology of like, Hey, cause he sounds like he's newer. And of course you want to help everybody cause you want to let people know what you do and you're excited about the new career. Does that kind of wane as you get more mature in your career? And like, I don't have time to help everybody like, come on. Or is that? Yes. It's funny that that maturation of someone's career you know, just getting better at something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see a scenario so many times, I can many times cut off the consumer because I know exactly mm -hmm. what questions they're going to ask. I know exactly what their scenario is. I have addressed the scenario 17 times. I've, uh, I've closed 15 loans out of the 17 and the two that didn't close, I learned valuable lessons from them. Mm -hmm. And, um, but in the beginning, and I was as a rookie loan officer, probably the most prone to fall victim of this I would vomit all of my knowledge for an hour just to find out the person didn't qualify because they had a 480 credit score or just to find out that the person didn't have enough money to buy an investment property just to find out the person recently went self-employed. Like I didn't ask any of the important <laughs> questions. I was just, I'm there to impress you that I know so much about this industry and I'm going to help you that I kind of wasted my time and your time. Right. It was great practice, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've done uh, reels recently where we <laughs> talked about sales is like, it, it's art, mm -hmm. right? It's performing. So I had a chance to audition. I had a chance to try out my spiel, my shtick, but 
it, it, it wasted an hour of my, of my time and I didn't get a closed loan because of it. Right. And I think that's what's very important for people also to know, like for Tim specifically to know in that first question that you read off that he asked us, it's like you, you can help everybody and give everybody a little bit of your time, but some people get five minutes, some people get five hours, right? Because there is a business decision that has to be made. And if you're not the right person for them, you need to let them know, here's who I think is the right person. And then when they call you for help, you have to be able to say, hey, look, I'm not the right person for this. You need to call so-and-so. And if they keep calling you, you then find a way to do a loan for them. You then find one of your products that you didn't maybe think was the best product for them. And you do that product. Because at the end of the day, all the person wanted was a house. That's what they wanted. They didn't want a home loan. They wanted a house. And you're helping them purchase a home using a debt instrument, a mortgage, a home loan that they qualify for today. You can do a home loan for them today, help them get into the house, and then you can work with them on how they can better their situation. And then you can refinance them in nine or 18 months whenever the market and their situation improves. Let's go to the second question because I think it's going to actually parlay well okay. into what, where I was just going Good. with uh, my last diatribe. This is a big ass paragraph. Lastly, how do you navigate the fine line between making sure that you are helping someone with the right loan product for them versus not pissing off agents who recommend these buyers to you if you steer them away? I'm thinking of a situation where a buyer has gone about the process backwards. They fell in love with the house and want to make an offer without having done their financial homework slash due diligence for themselves. If the loan is approved, but I kind of tell them it's, qu it's quite the stretch for them or that it isn't in their best interest, if I tell this to them in hopes of helping them long term, I envision that real I envision that real estate agents are getting pissed off thinking, what the what yeah. the fuck, Tim? <laughs> I recommended these clients to you and you've killed the deal. Morally, I'd rather not choose a I'd ra morally, I'd rather not close a deal than to put someone in a situation where I have the spidey sense that I might harm them down the line. Does this scenario make sense? Maybe it's too much of a what if scenario from a brand new MLO but these are the things that I think about. Part of me thinks that I can offer advice and guidance, but at the end of the day, the client is an adult and makes their own decision. With, with this thought, if the loan is approved, I should just let it play out. On the other hand, I think about the possibility of the loan being approved, but that they might not realize the full ramifications of what they're asking for, in which case I should steer them away. Shit, that was a lot, especially to give via email. Beautiful. Damn. Well read, John. Coleman. I try, man. I give you, I give you some of these applause. Right, golf clap and everything. You killed it. Yeah, a little shaky hand, but it's all right. You know, that's probably because you've been uh, twelve hours since your last no, uh, Heineken. No, it's that having some alcohol that, withdrawals on the weekend. That bowl hit didn't really take effect. Ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> no, that was amazing. And Tim, the reason why we're dedicating an entire episode to an email exchange you and I had is because your questions. They're great questions, not even for a rookie MLO, but for a 10-year yeah. veteran, a 20-year veteran. He sounds like he's been in the industry. Yeah, we, we all struggle, Tim, with, with your last question. We all struggle with. That's why we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, let's talk about the fine line we have to walk, mm -hmm. and let's talk about being afraid of pissing off a referral source. Mm -hmm. Okay, the fine line we all have to walk is just that. The person qualifies... Do I just do a loan for them? The person qualifies, but as someone who knows more about personal finance than maybe my, my client, do I tell them that I think it's not in their best interest to buy a house? Mm. 
It's a slippery slope for all of us. It's controversial at times. And we're all going to have our own take. So I'm going to have to preface this like I do most episodes. This is the world according to me based on my going on 20 years experience. And throughout my career, I've handled it differently based on the person, based on my gut, based on the transaction, based on the year. Hell, based on whether or not I had breakfast, probably right, right? subconsciously right, yeah. based on whether or not, not I, had, I had breakfast. So. I'm going to share this to Tim and everyone else. Unless our client has asked us or given us permission to be their guiding light, to be their true life advisor, I don't think it's on me or any other mortgage professional to go out of my way to tell someone, another grown ass human being, what they should and shouldn't be doing with their time, with their life, with their money, with their career. Right. There's been times I've looked at someone's tax returns and said, hey, look, I'm not a CPA, but I do look at tax returns a lot for for a living. And I don't know if what you're filing would pass an audit. There have been times I've looked at someone's life and I've said, look, I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. I never have been. I never will be. But I have friends and you know, friends can be loose. I have friends who have filed for bankruptcy. And those friends had, had situations that were similar to yours. There's been times that, again, I've, I've said, I'm not a divorce attorney. I can refer you to one or two. I'm not one, but I've had clients in your situation before. And those clients have chosen not to purchase a home until after the divorce was finalized. I would advise you to speak with your divorce attorney. I said, hey, I'm not a financial advisor, but I play one on TV. By TV, I mean YouTube. <laughs> and... I don't know if my financial advisor would advise me to do what you're doing. I'm not telling someone how to live their life. I'm not telling someone how to file their tax returns, whether or not they should or shouldn't do something, but I am directing them towards maybe a professional that, that could. And this client has never said to me, Hey, Dio, I need you to look out at it for me. If this is a dumb idea, I need you to tell me it's a dumb, dumb idea. Now, if they tell me that that's carte blanche, mm -hmm. that is cool you're accepting me as your financial mentor and I get a bigger say. Most people didn't even want to talk to me to begin with. Right. Most people wanted a damn house. They wanted a home. So as their home loan advisor, it first and foremost is make sure that I can put them into a loan product that they qualify for. Because at the end of the day, if I don't do it, John, someone else will. Someone else will. Someone else will. Their bank, the rocket, mm -hmm. anyone online, or whoever that realtor has yeah, in, their pocket. In, in their back pocket, that person, if, if they qualify, someone's going to help them qualify. Now, that doesn't mean that I go into every transaction willy nilly, because I think what separates me and people like me as professionals is that we're not loan monkeys, right? A loan monkey thinks you can push a button and get a loan. A loan monkey just cares about name, date, social. Let me quote your rate. Let me get your documents and let's see if, if we can get you approved. No, we give advice. We talk to people about comfort monthly payment. We talk to them about the necessity of having reserve assets. We talk about, you know, well, what is a good rule of thumb? Well, a good rule of thumb is your housing payment shouldn't exceed 25% of gross income. What is gross income? We talk about rule of thumb. Your purchase price should be somewhere between two and a half and three and a half times your annual household income, right? Like these are things that we share with our clients. But after I shared that with my client, 
and I equip them with the knowledge that I bestow, at that point, they're grown ass adults. And unless they gave me permission, mm -hmm. then I let them make a decision. Like I have said to people, and I did this early in my career, early in my career, 2006, I had young people coming to me and their monthly payment, their comfort monthly payment was 1200 bucks a month. But the house they fell in love with was $1,800 a month. Mm -hmm. And I would say to them, hey, by the way, when we first met, your comfort monthly payment was 1200 bucks a month. You're now telling me it's 1600 a month. Out of curiosity, what changed? Like what, what changed making me think, I'm just curious. And they would usually give me some story like, well, my husband's little brother's gonna move in with us and pay us 500 bucks a month. Or, you know what, I'm expecting to get a raise or I, if, if we can't make the payment then I'm fine going to Home Depot and working uh, one night a week and, and two weekends pushing carts, being a cashier. Okay, again, did I clear my conscience by asking that? Maybe I did. But if I didn't do the loan, someone else was going to do it and they wanted that, that, that home loan. So to Tim and anyone else in Tim's situation, please know it's a fine line to, 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 to walk. And I shared with you how I have handled it throughout my career, right? My take on that particular situation. No, I do not think it's my job. No one's hiring and paying me to be the financial protector mm -hmm. of, of the consumer. I can be an educator. I can be a, uh, an advisor, I can give mm -hmm. direction, but I'm not here to tell a grown ass person what they should and shouldn't do. Have you ever had like a client, like a, a past client that has moved into the house and three months later, like come back to you and be like, what the hell? No, John, no, knock on wood. Well, there you go. Knock on wood. And if they did, like there's a maturity aspect to that. Like, how's that my fault? I mean, is it, is it my, my son's fault that his teacher gave him a C? I'm like, nah, dude, you earned that C. Right. How much extra credit did you do? How many times did you go in for, for help after class? Mm -hmm. None, none. Right. Okay. Then you earned that C. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, cause I'm confident that I give sound fiscal advice based on what I've learned, based on what I've practiced throughout my life, let alone my career, based on you know, sharing information that I pull from all of my resources, mm -hmm. then I mean, you make that decision. Now, something he mentioned that I do want to cover that mm -hmm. I said the, the other side is the referral source. Right. There are enough people willing to do business the way that I do business that I don't need to do business with those that don't. That is my way of saying I am a phenomenal lender for a lot mm -hmm. of realtors and builders and financial advisors, but I'm not a phenomenal lender for all. I'm a phenomenal lender for a lot of home buyers, but not for all. The type of manager I am, the type of mortgage company I represent, we are a great mortgage company here at Waterstone Mortgage. For some, we are not a great mortgage company for all. Right? I'd say the same thing about Guild, about Movement, about Fairway, about CMG, about Luminate. Shout out to Taryn and Eric up in uh, Minnesota. Hope you guys are staying warm this time of year. Like, I'm sure those branch managers, those area managers and those mortgage companies, Cardinal can throw it in there. Uh, where's, where's KP work? Um, gosh, where's Kevin Hoover? Is he at PRMG? Like again, all good companies for some, but not, not good companies for all. And I'm that way with my referral sources. Like if I have a realtor who is not going to like the fact that I give sound financial advice, while I also give ironclad pre-approvals, 
close loans on time while having a wide menu of products. I make myself crazily accessible, but they don't like the fact that someone may choose not to buy after they talk to me. That I don't want to work with them anyhow. Like I don't want to work with them. And what you'll find is very few, very few real estate agents are like that. Most real realtors that I've worked with, they have a conscience, they have a heart. Like they're not just trying to get a commission check. They do want to, they, they understand there's a fiduciary responsibility to them too. But if there weren't, I'm cool with that. No different than the time in my career where a very solid partnership that referred me 20, 30, 40 transactions a year that I grew with them, they grew with me, right? We both started from the bottom and grew. It became abusive towards me, right? Abusive in terms of what they wanted out of my time, what they wanted out of my my wallet. Didn't want to do it. Still miss them dearly as, as people. But from a business standpoint, it didn't make sense. Made sense for other lenders maybe to do it. Didn't make sense for this lender to do it. Mm -hmm. So I had to cut it. We've had some of our best years since we terminated that relationship. That's a lesson that allows me to look at this one particular potential referral relationship, not wanting to refer me or Tim or anyone like me and Tim, because we feel like we have some kind of fiduciary responsibility. Nah, you know what? Let it be. Are there some realtors out there that are just like kind of like shovel you loans and like just shut up, just get it done. I don't care how you get it done. Just I know I got to make it happen. Yes, John. I mean, that's there's all walks of life. Damn, like that's what makes our country so great, mm -hmm. but also so frustrating. Right. right. There's a reason why Finland is the happiest country in the world. Because right? they're all the same. That's true. They look the same. They sound the same. They make the same. Like everything's yeah. the same. It's very uh, homogenous. Homogenous. Yeah. I almost said homogeneous. I know it's homogenous. It's I could homogenous. see. I knew you, you could see me getting ready I could to miss see. Me. Yes, I could see. Yeah. That's kind of like my son. Uh, my wife and I were like, what are you saying? He said, uh, woman. I'm like, you're talking about multiples. Like, yeah, wool, men. I'm like, no, it's women. Women. He goes, no, dad. Women will be spelled W-I-M-E-N. No, he didn't. And he's trying to get into Florida State with that? Well, hey, <laughs> those big engineer brains, John, those computer science guys, they sometimes don't look at the English vernacular the way that well, you and I do. Come on, bro. He's, he's saying it the way it's spelled. He is saying it the way. It's okay. I can't say pen and pen. They're the same word to me. P-I-N and P-E-N, pen, pen. That's how they're pronounced. My wife says it's not vehicle, it's vehicle. Don't it's hit not guitar, it's guitar. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Some people say rough, I say roof. It's roof. It is roof, but people say rough. So my son was saying woman. And I'm like, it's woman or women. Yeah. Depends what? on what? one or two. What? One or two. I'm like, look, if you can't say it, just say ladies. Just yeah. say ladies. God, you got to fix that before you head off to college, Jackson. Oh, uh, but we all have them, right? We mm -hmm. we 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 all have some them. Some people so, call I call them soda. Some people say pop. That's my word. Midwest it's not friends. pop. That's disgusting when people say that. It's not pop. It's fucking soda. Yeah, and we grew up in Florida, so everything was Coke. <laughs> like I just like if I thought I wanted Coke, really, I I meant like I would actually say, hey, what what type of Coke do you have? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, but that's like the Atlanta effect of you know being mm -hmm. so close to the. To the the, the home of Coca Cola, yeah, right. right? So it's homogenous, John. Yes. I'm like, how are we going? This homogenous. Yeah. Let's be homogenous, you and I, uh, yeah. and let's find a way to wrap this up. Okay, this was did, fun. Did you have any last minute uh, questions? Did Did I do a good job of of explaining? Yeah. Tim's questions. You played. 
and playing the role of Tim from, yeah, I from like New York City is John Coleman. I've never spoken so much on this episode. I hope people enjoyed it because people is, love you. I'm gonna tap speak. out. Yeah, you should it, do it, this more often. Make up some shit. Hey, we gotta. No, but this is a real person though. It is a real person. Yeah, unlike Brian in California from episode 41. <laughs> Wow, may remember? Have been, may have been my best friend, we Brian. We had to do that back in the day when we John, started. Don't tell anyone. I deny it all. I deny <laughs> it all. So, hey, listen, y'all. We are going to wrap up today's show. His right. name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. Please make sure you're liking us, sharing us, subscribing, letting your friends, your family, your coworkers, and your neighbors know about this. It is everything you should have learned in school but didn't because it wasn't taught. We have an entire website dedicated to this show and its principles. And on that website is a plethora of additional content. The website is tloponline.com or theloanofficerpodcast.com. If you want to check us out in terms of where we're going to be live, mm -hmm. it's going to be on that website on the homepage towards the right yeah. um, of the front, front and center. As soon as you get the website, you'll see it. Front and center. But his name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owens. That's all the time we have from today. But we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. Bye.